Welcome to a brand new episode of Release Your Roar. Raw conversations with inspiring guests that dug deep to become a success. Use this episode wisely. Let it activate you and release your roar. Here's your host, author, speaker, executive coach, and founder of Becoming a Lioness and the Ari Source, Crystal de Leon Sarmiento. It just lets me be, it lets me speak, and it picks up so crystal clear. But I am about to bring on somebody that I cannot like over invite. Oh, he's coming on. He's coming on. Okay, hold on, hold on, real quick. Y'all, here's the update. Um, what happens is I published this, but just for a little bit, okay? You're not gonna get the full podcast. So if you're watching this video right now and you're like, oh, I get to hear it all. Not really. You gotta go to spot to Spotify. You gotta click follow. You gotta hit that um, play button, and then you'll hear it. The whole thing, the whole shebang. Um, YouTube is coming. Um, a lot of people like to listen to podcasts on YouTube. I had no clue. But with that being said, my guest literally has a bio this long, super long, and um, and just to like give a little drop a little bit of that sauce in there. He lives in LA. He was born and raised in Brooklyn. Correction, born and raised in the Bronx. Um, he went to the Academy for Ballet and he is top notch choreographer in the industry, as they like to say in, in the wood, in the Hollywood. And um, he has literally worked with Missy Elliott, TLC. He has worked with um, Nicki Minaj, Nick Jonas. I mean, all these people. And he started his career with Justin Bieber world tour. And he's been in the movie Step Up One, Step Up Three, Fame, Hairspray. I mean, this guy, like, so long. Um, so I'm so excited to talk with him today and just kind of like have some real conversation because that's what Release Your Roar is about. Um, my guests usually have different personalities, have different um, views of life, different industries that they're in. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that everyone that comes on has a story and has that roar. Their roar may be different than your roar, but at least we can all connect and we can find some inspiration and motivation from them. Um, I know I do. And really and truly for somebody that I bring on the show, whether it's a business entrepreneur, whether it's um, a gospel singer, um, a choreographer, um, an MLS player. Um, yes, these people are in all different walks of life. But to get there, it took mental toughness. It takes mental toughness for all of us to really not just dream, because when you dream, you're just wishing. But in order to make that dream a reality, it takes dedication. It takes planning. It takes making it happen. It takes discipline. And it takes convincing your own mind that you can do it. It's not going to just fall into your lap. You know, a lot of people, oh, I want to, you know, be an actress one day. Abby always tells me, I want to be an actress. I want to be an actress. You know, so we have her in theater. We're doing the things to get her there. But she's just not dreaming and wishing. If you have a dream and you have a goal and there's things in life that you want to accomplish, quit talking about it and make something happen. Like, do it. Put the action. What's the worst that can happen? You fail. 
So what? When you were learning to ride that bike, how many times did you fall? 12, 13, 20, 50. You fall, but you learn to get back up. That's how life is. And everybody that I bring on this show uh, that we have these, you know, connections and talks with, they have a story. They're not all going to be from the same genre, but they learned how to get up. They have all fallen. They've all found mental toughness and they have powerful stories. So I'm about to let him into this broadcasting studio um, and let you guys get a little peek of Anthony. Here he goes. <laughs> what is up? How are you, sir? I can't hear you. Wait, 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 wait. You got to turn that mic on. We on? We on? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Are you? Good. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. Good. Good. Look at that infectious smile. Transmit that energy. Taking in the <laughs> California sun. I love it. I'm going to be in LA in a couple weeks. I'm here. Ah, I'm going to hit there. you up. Yes. I love it. What are you drinking? What are you drinking Coffee. there? Coffee. I my mother's mug that I got for her every year. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, I see wait. it. I, okay. Okay. So I'm drinking out of my mug, becoming a lioness. I love this. I love the emblem. Wait, can I see that again? That's great. Yes. Here, let me show you. Becoming oh, a lioness. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna print that up on a t-shirt for you. I got you. <laughs> you got it. You got, got it. You. I'll pick it up when I come to LA. How about that? You ready? Mm. I love this tea though. It's you know soothing for the vocals because you know I'll be singing. <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. that was nice though. Oh, oh, don't get me singing here. Karaoke queen. Queen of the karaoke. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who don't know who this guy is, let me tell you, if you didn't hear the intro, the intro a few minutes ago, let me, let me just read you just a little bit of his bio. Do you don't mind if I like boost you up a little bit? Like just hey, a little bit. Do it. I worked hard. You deserve it. Let me tell you, modesty is beautiful, but sometimes when you have worked your tail off the way you have to get where you are, let's own that. So let's hope that I give you credit where credit is due in the way that I introduce you, sir. Without further ado, this is the official introduction of my guest, Anthony Connect Carr. Anthony was born and raised in the Bronx, the birthplace of hip hop, internationally accredited dancer, choreographer, actor. He's shared his talent through various mediums, including television, film, and stage. He trained vigorously at New York's New York City's prestigious School of American Ballet while simultaneously attending the Professional Performing Arts School, AKA PPAS. At the age of 17, Connect began training in hip hop at the Broadway Dance Center. And soon after, he became a member of the elite group of entertainers, the Amount Boys. Look at that. Okay. His raw talent and intense technical training in combination with his natural knack for performing and the inspiration from his fellow group members, Connect soon found himself on pop star Justin Bieber's world tour. Bye. Let me tell you, how did you handle all those screaming girls? Wait, answer that in a minute. <laughs> Hold that answer. Let me finish this bio. Okay, Connect can be seen working with multi-platinum. 
Connect can be seen working with multi-platinum selling recording artist Missy Elliott, with whom he's performed the Katy Perry Super Bowl halftime show, along with Missy Elliott. Connect can also be seen performing with Nicki Minaj. We're not name dropping or anything, you know. That's the um, <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Usher, Chris Brown, TLC, Nick Jonas, just to name a few. And if that wasn't enough, he's also shared the screen as a featured dancer in multiple shows and movies such as Step Up One, Step Up Three, Fame, Hairspray, Justin Bieber's 3D movie, Glee. Oh, my gosh. And he's been on stage with the Grammys and the Oscars. Goodness. That is a bio. Lots of hard work. How I had a lot, a lot of good people in my upbringing of dance, a lot of dance parents, a lot of support from everybody to help me get there so I could just make it happen. <laughs> Love that. You know what? It's so important when we talk about achieving the goals that we've set out for ourselves. So one of the things that I was saying before I actually um, invited you into the live broadcast is that a lot of times in life, people have a dream. We dream. We want to be this. We want to be that. We get inspired by something we see on TV or we have voices telling us we can't get it. We can't be there or all the reasons why we can't do what, you know, what we wanted to do. Um, in my case, as a young Mexican-American being raised by a single father in, you know, the urban parts of Houston, Texas, you know, I had a dream. I had those dreams, but it was like excuse after excuse after excuse of why you can't do it. And I really believe that sometimes it's the people around you and the faith that they have in you to help you get there. Or in other situations, sometimes it's people who are like, I don't care what people say. I'm going to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to overcome every obstacle. I don't care what it takes. What was that like for you? Like, I can only imagine growing up in the Bronx. Like, when did you learn that you wanted to dance for a living? Yeah, and it's funny. It's before I can recall the memory, but my mother always says this. When I saw an audience applaud for the dancers at her dance school, Oh. I was like, mom, what happened? Like, what are they doing? They liked what they did. They made them smile and they applauded. Oh, yeah. like, they grabbed me right away. The, I think the chance of having to connect with a body of people, whether you know them or not, but through one common place in this sense, an art place of dance, mm. uh, was amazing. Amazing interaction. It taught me discipline. It taught me socialization. You know, it taught me how to handle rejections, you know, mm -hmm. the, um, the dance school, I danced at my whole life where I was built up to be in this company, my dream company. I never mm -hmm. got into, and that's how I what? felt about hip hop. Let me tell you. So before this, I was thinking like, gosh, I'm going to have such an amazing guest on. And, um, and normally I don't prepare. I don't write my questions. I, I like to keep the nature of a conversation really raw. And so, but one of the things I was thinking of in my, you know, in my natural brain where I like to question things is there's gotta be a time where you were like, I nailed this audition. I worked my tail feather off for this. I'm better than those guys that I saw over there and or females. And then you get the rejection. Like, oh, oh, I didn't even know that's where the question was going to go. The, the whole statement. Yes. Yes. 
Man, tell me about that. Like, it's not easy. Most people in this generation, they are so disconnected with what it's like to see people face to face and get no. Like, and even on social media, like if they get an unlike, they like lose it. Like it's, yeah. it, they can't emotionally handle it. So being in the industry, rejection is like, you got to have a, th a, a tough skin. You got to be able to whatever. But how did you handle that? I mean, was your mom hard on you? Did she like no, teach no, you that no is going to happen or what? My mom, uh, being the dance teacher, was never much of like the stage mom where it was like, ah, she let me breathe and float. Mm. We were already, when I started, I was doing acting. So we were going to auditions already. Mm. Knows what happened. Um, I never had like a pout or stomp. I don't know. Maybe she just instilled it in me and taught me, you know, in handling it. But um, these things are going to happen. Uh, also, it could be casting. It's not the talent. It's not mm. true. Maybe they needed somebody taller. Maybe they needed more hair. Whatever it was. Uh, one time I got turned down. I did a J-Lo audition and I nailed Ooh. dancing. But my buddy said, listen, I already know you can kill the dancing, but we need muscly guys. Yo, thank you, Kafra. I'm about to hear. Boom. You're like, that's good. I'm good. You know, um, or, or just sometimes it's okay. The opportunities are going to happen. Uh, you might go to the supermarket and there's no more Frosted Flakes. You go back, it'll restock up. Life restock. Mm. See, that is such a perspective to have. Life restocks up because a lot of the times people don't get the nose at home. OK, so this is like a little off base. But have you ever seen American Idol when yeah. they're like up there and these kids get on stage and they sound terrible? And I'm like, OK, I get that's for good show. It's good. It's for ratings and stuff. But didn't your mama or somebody that loves you like tell you, baby, you got to work on that or, you know, you really don't have the talent. And I know that some parents love their kids and they just it breaks their heart to tell their kids to re give them rejection. Unfortunately, I'm not that kind of mom. So if my kids are good at something, they're going to know I'm going to be their champion. I'm going to say that was good, but you need to work on it. But at the yeah. same time, when they do something and it's not good. I don't lie to them. I tell them, baby, that was terrible or it's not good. Or you maybe you can work on that. And I do that because when you leave the house, society is going to tear you up and you're going to get rejection, whether it's in the field like you're in, you know, dance and acting, um, choreography, whatever the industry. But life is like that, you know, going to work at McDonald's. They may tell you no, you know, how. How do you deal with that? How do we teach our kids nowadays that just because someone tells you no doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means, you know, life restocks, like you said. I, I think um, because that maybe it falls in that place of uh, rejection and then takes a, a little downward spiral, um, it, it's okay. It really is always just okay. There's, there's gonna be something. Uh, when I did my first hip hop audition, Mm, tell me about that. the agency I was with, mm. but when I auditioned, mm -hmm. I never got cut. I passed the jazz. I passed oh. the hip hop. They never took me. Why? I got depth. Maybe it wasn't my time. Maybe mm. there was another factor. There was a something. Mm -hmm. The skill was there. The look was there. Whatever it was, it just wasn't in that time. So I got devastated. I fell off from hip hop for a whole season, three months mm -hmm. or so. 
I went straight back to my ballet studies at school, mm. American Ballet, and I tried out for another agency and I got accepted to that agency. But my crew of Mount Boys that I was mm. with, they got a call from an artist uh, by a great choreographer named Lorianne Gibson. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got my first job. And then the checks came from that same agency. What? I, oh, yeah. So that's crazy. I've been with them for like the last 15 years or so. It's been the great. same agency. It just it, it just falls in. That that worked politically correct for me. Mm. But um, it fell in. And the whole point was not to let it discourage you. It mm -hmm. really took me away from hip hop. But I think as a young cub at 17, you got to learn some stuff in the field. And mm. um, I learned that I had family and I had support, but I learned that in the field for my own. I was in New York City making decisions. Um, and then you go and you build up. It's mm -hmm. about dancing. It's not always ah that metal or that being engulfed, fall in love with your passion and allow it to flow. LeBron James didn't win every championship. Nope. All the time. Look mm -hmm. at that. <laughs> Man, I love that. It's crazy because just hearing you say like to me, hearing you, you you're confident, but co that comes from a place of being rejected. But the experience, I'm assuming, of overcoming it and learning with the experience. So just because you get rejected a few times, you've had those good breaks. But what I want to know is for me. If I were to be rejected that many times, I don't know how I would get up. How would I, you know, face the next day? It, to me, just listening to you, it sounds like your mom did a hell of a job when it came to, uh-oh. <laughs> hey, mama. Oh, yeah. This is yes. why I for the opera. You did what? I danced in the opera. You I danced. At okay. the Metropolitan Opera. Dang. So you've been dancing since you were little, like dinky, 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 dinky. That's amazing. So when I look at stuff like that, I think to myself, like she must have done such a phenomenal job of building your brain and your mental toughness because you, she knew those rejections were going to come. She knew her son was going to face some hard times. But just hearing you say you just had to restock, refuel, you just had to do something and psych yourself out, right? Yeah, I mean, Who do you, attribute that like, to? Uh, you can be parched in the middle of the desert walking, but mm. you can still try and cover some ground. Mm. Uh, let's say adversities. I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up with no dad. Uh, mm. I grew up classically trained. I wasn't even doing hip hop right away. So, yeah, I was classic I was in sports, but they were like, oh, go back to tap class. Yeah, but I'm still beating you. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, uh, the adversities, um, I was small. So all the girls, they always like the taller boy, mm. you know, I had the personality, but you know, just all of that. And I think dance school really taught me when you're partnering up socialization, handling things and ballet class for mm. partners. Not every girl wanted to go with a small guy. They didn't think would support them. What's, but you did. Yeah. So I think I've had safe exposure and practical times of handling life's not fair, but it is beautiful and great. Wait, that's that right there is a hook. Safe, would you say safe and practical times that got you there? I mean, that's- That got cool. me there. Mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it, hook it that, I'm gonna remind- It to that because as I was a, as a kid, I say it was safe because I always had a lioness of a mother. Ah! A of dance parents and family that supported us and an older yes. brother. So, 
I think every all that adversity was for me to have more of a yellow brick road, but mm. yet don't understand it. So you value keeping the yellow brick road yellow and not orange and dirty. I love that. You're so full of wisdom, yeah, not just so. energy and passion and success, but wisdom. Yeah, good support. That. Learned that real early. <laughs> Thank heaven. Oh. I love that. I absolutely love it. Okay, so one of my questions, I, I, you know, like I said, I don't like to just ask questions or whatever, but we're having a conversation. So with that comes this: What was it like being that guy in ballet school? Like, if there's a guy now, like let's just say somebody's son, somebody's listening to this right now, and their son is exhibiting, like, ooh. Why is he like classical dance, you know, and they're worried about that. Should they be worried or what would you say to how that built you and, and the beauty of a man being in ballet, which led you to the career that you have now, which is mind boggling. Why I think this um, Bruce Wayne and Batman, Bruce Wayne, very highly cultured with knowledge, upper echelon entrepreneur. You still had to learn the nuance and vernacular of one world. And Ooh. then all the Batman skill, when you take that and you put it together, it's like the best casserole you know of. It's That's why we love being street smart. If we don't have full education where I'm from, to be street smart gives you an idea to then educate yourself to what you need. So that what was great about being classically trained and growing up in the Bronx. I learned about... European people firsthand. And I had Russians that taught me good discipline. I mm. had to go to the ballet every night, go watch the ballet and then take the train back up to the Bronx and see if I could play a little football before lights out. Like, nice. you know, I think I just really was engulfed in mixed exposure. And because of the support, I really was able to take that and learn from there. Um, but the, the exposure... That even my mom raised me well, but I still tried to be a knucklehead when I left home. But Miss Olga at School of American Ballet made sure I wasn't a knucklehead outside of home. <laughs> so. Leave it up to Miss Olga. Was it Helga or Olga? Olga. Olga. <laughs> Olga. Oh, yeah. I love that. Let me adjust my mic for a second. Okay, there we are. So with that being said, it, it seems to me that for you, you had a passion for dancing ballet and the classical which what really instilled that in you was it because you were involved in your mom's dance school or you just grew up seeing yeah. it or well, let me tell you was the it heart you felt well, I was, or was it those girls was it the girls because you know my mom was my gymnastics teacher and like my jazz teacher and in gymnastics she used to sew everything she would sew her uh, designs by Darlene tights. I would have to wear purple tights what? in gymnastic class. So you could see clean lines, different colors. Of oh course, my my mother, she dressing me up. But I learned how to just deal with the naked exposure of like, ah! Oh my gosh. Just folk, really? You know what it was? What? Superheroes wear the same outfit I wear in dance class, but they're really just focused on being a hero. So I focused on being just a dancer and learning and it was fun. And I had uh, friends and I can have female friends and still interact yes. just only having a girlfriend. I know how to operate and it, it was just great. It was perfect. Um, so I never felt too off about doing ballet. I was confident in what I did and it worked. 
Yeah, it worked. Look where you're at now. I mean, check you out. I mean, all these world tours, the Grammys, the Oscars, you know, just to name a few, Nicki Minaj, like, come on. So tell me about, tell me about what that was like for you. When did you decide to transition from New York to LA? Like, what was that door that opened for you? Or was it this agency? So after I did Step Up, the next movie I did was Hairspray. Oh my God, I love Hairspray. Hairspray. I love Hairspray. And so you were in Toronto? Yeah, for six months we filmed that. And all my LA friends that I knew from before the movie and working uh-huh. were all out there. And I think just engulfing yourself with everybody and lifestyle and culture, once we were done, I was like, I gotta go to LA and visit everybody. Oh my I gosh. For two weeks and never went back to New York. <laughs> so let's go ahead. Wow. Following dance. So how did you get that? How did you get the door opening to film Hairspray? Because you were in, did they come and cast for, so or was it through your audition In New York City. Okay. The audition. It so was, you went to the audition. So that's the one good. audition you didn't get rejected. And, but the funniest thing is, remember that audition when I tried out for the agency? Yes. I they got were- rejected in the same room. Hairspray accepted me. Oh. I didn't know that till this moment. I forgot. But see, isn't that amazing? Like the it, studios. Yeah. It's, it's, it is literally, I don't, so I don't know about destiny. Cause I know we create our own destiny, but I also believe that what you said a minute ago, sometimes it's about timing, right? If, if that other door had have opened for you, then this door that opened for you, that opened other doors would have been shut. You'd got that one opportunity, but it wouldn't have snowballed into what this opportunity brought you. Like it's crazy. And sometimes we have to look at our adversities as small battles that we lost for a reason, because it's the next battle that's going to take us to win the war or it's going to take us there. And, and I just see you like, you, you're so connected to that. Like the very fact that you had all these obstacles, you got rejected. Your mom is like teaching you top-notch world-class dancing, performing, like you are there. And that door shuts in your face. But the next one, when you're in that place, oh, you just get you just get the yes, you get the yes, and then it multiplied, it multiplied the efforts that the other door had closed because hairspray led you to what next? From hairspray, then I went and toured with Corbin Blue from high school musical. Oh my god, my daughter loves Corbin Blue. Come on now. Yeah, that what an amazing one of the best people I have ever experienced my career oh my with God. hands down so is um, he like the real deal like what you see yeah, behind no, no. The, the boy dances the boy moves and literally Lorianne gibson was our choreographer and he always gave us like we were pro dancers but he always gave us a run for our money mm. we tap dance we dance with canes we dance with sticks he was like his own stuntman and on the job like corbin blue corbin blue holds oh it down gosh that's yeah, crazy Oh yeah. my God. You're going to have to get me Corbin Blue on the show. Corbin Blue is greatness. I'm going to call yeah. your boy and be like, yo, we got you. We need to be get you on release the roar, your roar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you were on Hairspray and then Step Up One and Step Up Three. Um, what were those? Was that before? That was after, right? Because you did Hairspray Step up one was first. Okay. Then Hairspray was second. Hmm. And Step Up 3D came after. Mm. And where did right after I filmed Hairspray? 
Bro, that's crazy. So that was in what year? 2008? Yeah, it was 2007. 2007. You look yeah. like you're 12. You've been dancing. 35. <laughs> 35, 36 this December. That's that cardio. That's that crazy, crazy core that you have there. Okay. So I'm going to transition into the segment of my show. Okay. So what I do is I'll get a question from somebody um, and let them ask it to you. Okay. So this question comes from Joy, Joy Jones. She's a dance instructor. So real dance studio. In oh, Houston. yeah. They don't. So ah! real. No. Now, that's quad the marketing now they dope my family uh chachi gonzalez used to dance out there and all that yeah check you out so okay they yeah they dope love that okay so she's a dance instructor she's been with so real for years and um she's a cutie with a booty i saw sorry all my church friends who are listening but you know she's adorable and she is so passionate about what she does so I gave her a little tip. I was like, guess what I'm going to have on? I'm going to have classic connect car. And she was like, I have a question. So here's a couple questions. Okay. So obviously, um, there's a stigma, if you will, in the industry that a lot of celebrities don't like their dancers to be more attractive than they are. True or false? Ah. With the explanation. Explain. I don't want to say it's the artist because I've never experienced somebody actually saying it, but I've, I've heard that through the grapevine as well. So um, you as a choreographer, you know that the star is the star of the show. It's like a wedding. My daughter yeah, just that, got that, might be, that honestly might be a management call. It's probably not even with the artist, but artists are in a fragile state. So I think anything that could lead them to an off-world derail or whatever it is that's adversity for them, I think the powers that be just kind of shield it. So so what about this? I'm going to transition away from her question and just ask my own because it's kind of going there. Yeah. So we've all seen tabloids of like super high-profile celebrities shacking up with their dancers, right? Mm -hmm. How often does that happen? <laughs> He's like, um, Yo. I want to say, I don't, I think, in, in the vast amount of everything, it, it's practical, but I feel like we've only seen like maybe two or three really strong, high profiled ones in the last half a dozen years. Mm -hmm. um, so, so is it something that happens or something that they just keep on the hush hush? Yeah. I mean, it's natural. You have a man with hormones lifting and picking up a hot celebrity and women are attracted to a strong man. And if you're sitting there dancing and spending a lot of time you know, practicing and doing stuff like that. It's a natural thing. It's possible. It could have been, it could have been the lighting guy. It could have been the rigger. It could have been the waiter on okay. the job. Okay. Lighting guys. He's saying you got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I honestly, when you are in a mobile office like that, um, you get a chance in different ways to interact and feel people out. Sometimes it's the quiet guy. You would never even know. And then it was like, when did that happen? Like what they were doing? What I mean, that's just human nature. I yeah. here's I'm gonna ask more questions that that they Go have. Ahead. But but being in corporate America for 20 years, I have been I've had the privilege of sitting. You know, let me put my corporate hat on. Okay, so I've had the privilege of sitting in boardrooms with senators and high profile politicians and things of that sort because I was able to offer you know services um, from the software side. 
And a lot of the times I would get asked a question is like, how do you handle being in a room? Number one, being a female, which that never even crossed my mind. I'm like, wait, what? I am? I'm a female. What does that have to do with it? Like, what do you mean? I was raised by a single alpha male father. So when I look you in the eye, I see the same. I don't see that you see a female. So that just doesn't, it literally doesn't do anything. But being in that environment, um, I've been able to seriously get on a level where it's like, okay, I really don't care about your profile or your title. Like it doesn't matter. You're just a person. And I feel like a lot of the times people over glorify celebrities or people that are in the industry. And we think we hold them to a higher standard when really they're just humans. They're humans working their butt off to realize a dream that they've worked for. And so I say that because I can imagine how people are like, oh my gosh, how did so-and-so hook up with a dancer? I mean, it's normal. It's human nature, right? I mean, it's going to happen or, or dancers with other dancers. Like it just happens. It just happens. It's human nature. It's what we call an office romance. <laughs> that happens way too much in corporate America, you guys. I've so, seen it. When I'm on tour at the hotels and I see the corporate groups and they're enjoying the rest of the evening, I'm like, same world, different outfit. Same exact. You're right. You nailed it. Same world, different outfit. You're just doing a different thing. You're just grinding and making it happen. Yep. I love that. Okay, so let me get back to the next question from Joy Jones from So Real Dance Studio in Houston, Texas. <laughs> I love her. Okay, so who, if you can name them, if you feel at liberty of doing so, what is the most, what is the celebrity you've had the most fun with working with? Or which celebrity has worked the hardest that you, you know, behind the scenes, you're like, man, they really put the work in. Because we've heard stories of certain celebrities, you know, they're doing their thing and they'll either show up and then just work with the crew and then not really put in the work. And then they make you guys do the work. Is, the, is there truth to that or or what? So tell know, me. It, yeah, it really is a schedule thing. So mm. uh, some people really instill it in their schedule. Like Missy Elliott is there mm -hmm. all eight hours of the rehearsal. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? And she's wearing her mini caps. Um, One of my favorite people I love working with that is raw with it is Becky G. Oh, that really? That girl is talented. Oh, okay. Family, but like the way she came up and the mentality and working like, nah, Becky G is one of the coldest. Nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So tell me about that. Tell, tell me what, give me an example of why that person is just like, mm, she deserved that shout out right there. Um, because it wasn't about title of artist, dancer, manager, this and that. It was like some familia stuff, you know, like nice. so everybody was playing their role, doing their thing. And it wasn't a, about a nothing. Yo, we're making an experience happen. And it's in support of this girl as the centerpiece. And Love that. it's like uh, Dorothy and a bunch of uncles and the Wizard of Oz, you know? <laughs> so um, I think when you... When you know your role in your Avengers squad and you can really excel that well. Yeah. Um, I, I just loved her work ethic. Always real dope. Her work dope ethic. Talented. talented. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So what other celebrity that you've worked with, you love their work ethic? Missy Elliott, Becky uh, Jimmy. Yeah. You want to know another one? We're going to take it back to Hairspray. Nikki Blonsky <laughs> from Hairspray. The girl who played Tracy Turnblad. Yes. Okay. Yo, she's cold with it. They are, she really? was a dancer. 
and engulfed herself in a whole dance world full of the best dancers mm. and was rocking and you know broke all those barriers and it was just it was dope to see somebody engulf themselves in something we do in our lives she That's got awesome. in six months that is so yeah. awesome. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, like it's a privilege to be able to see that they really show up to the plate and they work because I I I can only imagine that you when you're chore when you're, you know, doing your choreography, you expect your people to put the work out, right? You expect them to be top-notch, flawless, do this, do that. Yeah, it, it, and then to have a celebrity show up or somebody you're working with and you're like, mm, they're really not putting in the work, you know?" Yeah, so and like I say, it it, it all is in somebody's uh, work ethic. Mm -hmm. If you don't, um, if you don't train and dance or whatever, you you got to be a little more lenient that maybe it just hasn't flowed for them yet, and maybe mm. work, maybe they do have good work ethic, but maybe it just hasn't linked with the the task at hand. It gets tough because it's a confidence thing when you're dancing and performing. Mm. So if you don't get a chance to settle into the confidence and then you got to do that interview and then you got to do that signing and learn your lines and this. So I try to, after my year, it. understand it's not always exactly how we just see it or the presentation of time, but you still mm -hmm. do see one's work ethic and how people balance stuff and all of that. Interesting, man. You get a front, front and center view to a bunch of the stuff that we don't get to see. So that's awesome hearing that from you. Okay. So. Um, Joy also wanted to know, um, what advice would you give someone that let's just say is in her studio right now that has those dreams of accomplishing coming to LA and really monetizing their dream? Because the competition is fierce, right? I mean, you've got people all over trying to make it happen. LA is flooded with actors and singers and dancers and you name it. Yeah. So firsthand, like raw advice, not the typical, okay, show up, do this, do that. Like, here. Do, is it really who you know? So here, we're going to start with this. First of all, if you know Connect, I know 24,000 people out here. I'm always down to help support. How Ooh. that is, I teach class. Yes. Online class. We can film at the studio. We can create a dance visual. We can do a dance photo shoot. So uh, piggybacking into who you know, if you break it down like a like an educational system of subjects, there's a mm -hmm. subject of networking, who yes. you know, who you meet, who you yes. involve yourself with and do it. There's your own physical practice of keeping your talent fresh. So when who you know or somebody gives you an opportunity, there's a chance to display it and give it a great presentation. Mm. Also, maintenance, maintenance, that's, you know, in your faith, that's in your your massaging and your stretching, not just your dancing, in your working out, um, in your your meditation, finding a peace because you're handling so much. And most likely we're within our 20s and 40s trying to make this career happen for a start or not, that all of that as an adult comes into play. So mm. you have to almost write it out and find it in a balance. I didn't do this right away. It's just through my experience, what I learned. Have mm. a good, solid circle. You might not nobody know anybody here, but you still know your family. Stay in touch. But mm -hmm. me, I'm the person. I'm all about unifying. I'm the Captain America. You come, we'll figure something out. I'll introduce you to whoever. It is exercising that. And then you also start learning good business. Um, you start learning rapport and how one's discipline is. And mm -hmm. I'm a very cool, animated, cool character. But 
you know, there's certain moments you see body language and how to handle it. I am the guy that will come to set wearing a onesie, but there still has to be such a serious state of yes. mind that they know you're engaged. So mm. uh, it's a couple of those things. But if you take dance and you break it down like an educational curriculum, I think you get a chance to study it, hmm. make that happen, and then exercise it. Interesting. So one of the things that you just said um, that I can imagine our viewers or listeners are thinking to themselves, because it's a natural question, I believe, is you mentioned stretching and main maintenance of your body. I see you because, you know, you're always, always moving like yeah. online. You're constantly doing those handstands and backflips and you're one of the cake kicks. I'm like, this yeah. is dancing, just the whole works. So tell me like how important that is. I mean, obviously your body is your tool when you're in dance, right? Your expression, your movements. Um, oh, I have a good question. Have you ever been injured and it yeah. took you out of the game? Yo, yes. <laughs> now, like, here, I'm going to tell you this real fast. I was tell in me, tell me. City. It was 2010. I was on tour with Justin Bieber, oh second show of the South American tour. And I sprain, I lose my shoe. And then I have to dance without the shoe. And then when I come down the steps from the top of the set on stage, my ankle uh, oh. Oh rolled, my finished all of one time. Did everything, hopping around. One time. Uh, I'm a little Spider-Man, so I was hopping around with it. Um, and then at the end of the show, they were basically already trying to find the next dancer to come. They I was like out. The doctor gave me a cortisone shot right in my rear. I told Nick Demore, the choreographer, I said, Nick, can I lay on your head real quick? And I just wow. laid on him because I felt so weak. Oh, my gosh. And Five days, the laws of attraction, me being an Avenger. Mm. I made sure that I healed up and got through. I wasn't fully healed, but I knew what I needed to do. And I stayed on that tour. But that you did. You didn't quit. That took me out. I, I did what I needed to do. I don't always advise it, but I supported myself. I did my physical therapy. I knew how to maneuver through the show without straining it in a sense. So, and that just comes from experience and, and experimenting. Mm. But it took me out right there. And, and that was a, a real done, a done moment for me. And I had to really bounce back and recover from that. Um, but nothing, nothing, thank Lord, that's really held me back so long. My first scene in Step Up, the finale scene, I had mm -hmm. food poisoning. So I was just throwing <laughs> out every cut. Cut, <laughs> action. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my gosh. So you had to sit there and film and then they would cut and then you would barf and then you go back to it. I mean, that is like warrior. Something amazing when whatever your passion and your uh, what you're executing at hand, what your dedication gives to. It happened to me with a fever, but when you dance, you dance. When you oh stop. Gosh. You're like, it's, I'm just taking it. I'm taking it. Okay. My oh. first usher job, we had to wear a mask and I had a cold. I couldn't even breathe. <laughs> Did you pass out? I, I, I survived. I found <laughs> my ways. But okay. So with that being said, if somebody is on tour and let's say somebody has the hopes of getting to the level you are and they, you know, they get cast, they, they make it, they're on tour with, let's say Katy Perry, like, you know, you did the halftime show, Justin Bieber, whatever. Um, and they have an injury. What expectations do they have to have? I mean, if you get injured and you're out, are you done? Do they fly you home and you're out of there? Or how important oh, is it to not get injured? Like, you're uh, done. When you are there for a role, 
if you cannot excel your role for whatever reason life has granted to you, mm. you have to understand that. And guess what? Your health is first. Family first. Mm. Your health is first. And um, do what you need to do. We all we're, we're gonna roll back. We got physical therapy. We all here to support mm. each other. Certain things happen, but I love that. Dancer maintenance. Sometimes you just can't. I know it, it scares my heart. Even talking about it, but sometimes you just can't. Um, what happens? What happens? So you got to really just try your best to dance, but you know, just have your faith and enjoy. Mm. You think dancing scary? What about every time a football player hikes that ball and the snap happens? You don't know what happens to anybody that's so scary. That is millions of dollars worth Look of an injury right there. Now, right now, after that snap, like poor Cowboys right now, they quarterback. <laughs> uh, and that's the stuff. Oh my gosh, it's like wow. So we all have that everywhere. You know, a, a park meter mate could give a ticket on the wrong side. So talk to me a little bit about that. Um, you've said the laws of attraction. I counted like seven times in the last few minutes. How important is that? And has that been in your mental toughness in, in you oh. grounding yourself? Like, I know this for a fact. I know you and your buddy, our other friend that we met. Yeah, okay. Yes, I want to have him on. Yep. He always shows his affirmations for the day. It seems like the new trend that people really like to say the law of the universe, um, laws of attraction, and writing your affirmations. Me, I'm going to give you my point of view. I'm bold in my faith. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. I consider myself not a cheesy Christian. Why? Because, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff to that. You can read the book. You know, let me add drop <laughs> the oh. book. Boop, becoming lioness. Um, anyway, I feel like me as a Christian and in my journey, I have had to fall back on my faith to get me through difficult times in life. I have had to literally pick myself up from being flat on the ground, devastated, um, really were where I look at myself sometimes and I'm like, man, when I see people going through certain things in life that don't have a foundational of faith or some higher power or that core, how do they survive? I, I couldn't do it. The only thing that I attribute to being a success and being able to get up and be that lioness is connecting to the source, which we know nowadays people say the source is God, the source, the source. It is God mm -hmm. to me the source is him. And so I've, I have found that in my life and I'm not pushing this on you. This is just me, right? The law of attraction is biblical. Like it is all up in you know, the Bible. They, they say one don't work without the other. Boom. So well, I think when, when people are like, Oh, law of attraction. No, if you already didn't come from that foundation, you're missing the ingredients to make the meal. Perfect. That's right. Also, Ooh. Um, I feel faith is the parent and the teacher and then the laws of attraction and the power of now when the namaste and this or that is the substitute teacher telling you the same thing. But that substitute teacher looks cooler right now. That's so right. Or that That's was right. auntie that does is not the mother for that role and comes in like, oh, cool, auntie. They're telling you the same thing. I do it because yeah. at my age, I'm telling my students stuff and I know they're their local home teachers are telling them the same and so are their parents. So it just, yeah. it, the beauty of reiterating the faith in all tongues and languages mm. to whatever 
blindsidedness, ignorance, or unaware. Mm. But it gets us aware in the top of the pyramid. So, so tell me about that. So to me, it's like, okay, it's just repackaged a different way. Um, some would say that, you, you know, basically the law of attraction and worshiping the universe would be basically an abomination to God, right? Because he said, do not worship anybody else but me. Sorry, y'all, we're bringing in a little bit of faith into this because we can't, we have to be real to who we are. Um, my question is, so like I said, it's biblical. It is packaged a different way, but what has been instrumental in you, for you to be so grounded and learn the laws of attraction? Like, did you read a book? Did you go to a seminar? Do you have a, a mentor? 20 years old. I was 20 years old. And um, I went for my first yoga, private yoga session. My good friend, Whitney Zucker, took me in Utah to a private yoga instructor because she exposed me to what she was practicing. Like, yo, I tried yoga. This was cool. Before my yoga lesson, the yoga instructor sat me down and made me watch or had me watch the um the secret but the movie the document the, the docu movie oh the documentary mm -hmm. well you know the video i guess with Dr. Proctor and all of them yes taught me so i took that 45 minutes basically watched that and um you know in that time i was 1920 more experimental i was becoming an adult so i was taking in I knew from my exposure and my upbringing, I was safely like, okay, what's this? Oh, yoga. I always see it on TV. What's what? Knowing that through the art of movement and what I do, that yoga would internally connect me um, to a higher understanding of movement in my body, not just dance. How to breathe. What is this? What's constricted? So yoga and, and yoga being presented with the secret video at the time, um, it blended back to that casserole for me mm. and gave me openness that I never saw in the Bronx. I never learned that in the Bronx. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My friend from Utah I met in the Bahamas just put me onto this and we went snowboarding, but we got to do yoga. Like That's so I'm cool. experiencing life. And I think, um, you know, just that the travel of just good faith. I always say I got my angels and my dance angels with me and support. Mm. Because some of that support that brought me up are my angels currently right now. Yes. My angels in person and angels now. So I think it all uh, just comes full circle and you allow yourself to open yourself to things. And, you know, um, it's like a blender. You can experience it. You can hear it. It doesn't have to be of your practice. But at least you say that drink is not for me if it don't taste well. If it doesn't settle right. If it doesn't settle right. You just don't drink it. Man, you're so full of wisdom. Like you definitely have learned a lot of stuff along your journey, haven't you? Yeah, just as perspective and and yeah, just it's awesome. So so let me just ask you this: when it comes to COVID, mm -hmm. one, have you gotten it? No. Good, oh, praise good. God. Okay, good. Tests and everything. Oh, for every job you do, they do the test or the something. Oh. You can't even go on set without it happening. So has that limited the amount of bookings that you've gotten or That's that your students get because of COVID? Networking comes into play right now. Mm, got and it. Um, it, it. It's almost a, another type of uh, insurance. If you're like, hey, I got a buddy that works in this field and I might need a favor or just you start thinking there's no access to always a physical audition. So even though there's a video submission, mm -hmm. you might go. Professor X might look for his X-Men. Oh, 
You know, I, I can I, right now I can I know the X Men's ethics and I know what I can do with them and I'm gonna make this happen now. Mm. So yes, um, it hasn't been an audition. So it's it literally one professor. So you just get called like, hey, we've got this gig. I need you. There's no auditions. It's just like Sometimes there's work. There's permission and there is, but you know that who you know gets you to the front of the line uh, for the Harry Potter. Yeah. So here, let me let me let me say something about that, um, if you will. Uh huh. One of the things that I learned in my experience in my corporate career was a lot of people would always say things like, "Man, it's who you know. It's who you know. It's always who you know." But I like to challenge that a little bit, and I like to say, "It's who knows you." You know why? And that's in you. <laughs> it is. Think about that because I know everybody on TV. I know of them, but do they know me? I know the people that I want to strive to interview. I know the people that I want to sign on as clients for my corporate, you know, my own business. I know them, but do they know me? Mm-hmm. And so when somebody knows you, like you just said, they give you that call like, oh, I might have a dream to accomplish working with somebody or some type of corporation, but what good does it do if I know who they are? Do they know who I am? That's mm-hmm. where it lies. That's where the power lies. That's why when I called up Anthony, you were like, "Yes, ma'am, I'll come on." <laughs> oh yeah, right. It literally, it was no if ands or buts. You're it was so awesome. That, the power of bonding, um, exchanging energy, and all our arts and crafts, and how how you were able to just construct this to blend this together. Um, that's powerful. It is. It really. Isn't it crazy though? Like how we just clicked, like just like that. Like there's just people that yes, that energy level. Like you have, I I sense energy very easy and fun. Like ah, I could just look. It's just great energy. Like (laughs) yeah, it's like you can say a line, but when you say it a certain way, people hear it and it like it vibrates. Like all the people that got the joke were like. You got that? I got it. it. Go over the head and yeah. you set that standard so high that it's like you got to catch it. Got to catch it. Gotta and catch so it. for me, it was so funny because um, I was alone at that party, basically. Yeah. And I, <laughs> my husband was invited, by the way, um, and he couldn't make it because of work. And I was like, you know, I'm Mexican American from Southwest Houston. You drop a tune and I'm moving my body. I don't care what it is. I don't care who's there. I don't care if I've got, you know. But that's how I noticed, actually. Because uh, me and all the dancers are like, yo, she's killing it over there. <laughs> Dancing by the table. That's exactly why I said, nah, I'm going to tell her she killed the game. Because we just finished performing and we were like, uh, and we ate and we were like, yo, she's eating it up over there. I just did not care. And it's so funny because most people in an environment like that is, and I'm gonna let you toot my horn because they're, you know, go ahead to toot, toot it <laughs> because I was, you know, we were at this very high profile party and I'm by myself and I know some people there, but I'm not going to be, you know, all up on them. They're doing their thing. And me, it really does not matter where I'm at. I can be at a party. I can be at church. I could be at a, anywhere. And if I hear some music, I'm going to enjoy myself. I literally don't care who's next to me. 
I think I was on the dance floor and Pooh Bear was there. And yeah, I was Pooh like, Pooh Bear was there. And my friend was like, oh yeah, that's Pooh Bear. And, his, and me and his girlfriend were like, hey girl, heck yeah, we're just dancing and, you know, having a good time. And then I realized like, oh dang, I probably shouldn't have been, you know, all out there like that. But to me, it's just about, like I said earlier, people are people. They're just like you. They wanted to have a good time. And I really don't care. I'm just going to be there and I'm going to enjoy and I'm always going to make the best of every moment. And here's something else that will literally make or break connections is, and this is something that I teach, you know, when I'm doing my corporate training and coaching is, and it's off a book that I read, but it, it is literally everybody communicates, but few connect, few connect. And it really is about that connection. You know, and I don't know if you remember, but I'm sitting there dancing and you were like, hey, girl, you you was like said something like you got the moves. And now you're, you're like, I'm a professional dancer. And I'm like, moves. I'm just in here like whatever, you it know, radiated the energy. It was just that. And I just felt like we instantly connected. And it's like, yo, what is up? And I feel like it's just because if we can get past ourselves and we can get past of all of our insecurities and yeah. really really take an interest in the person that's in front of you to make that. Some people call it a micro connection. I, I'm not trying to make a micro connection. I'm literally like, see, here's the thing. Another thing about me, I'll tell you a little secret. You and the whole world is I really don't care what your profile is. If I sense something and I feel like I'm being led to speak life into you, I don't, I literally don't care. I have had high profile people in tears at the Cosmo in the lounge drinking they're drinking their cocktail and i life because i don't care where i am and i don't care what your title is it really is about the person in front of you and when you care about that person that's in front of you no strings attached like i didn't care you know i'm just like yo let's talk oh i'm sensing something and it really is that energy it's that connection and unfortunately a lot of people don't work that connection, but I believe that we all have it. I believe we're all created with it. We all have, we have it in us to be able to connect, but we just got to exercise that and get past that, that fear of the rejection because the fear of the rejection is really what will stop us in our tracks and limit us when we were created to be limitless. And all that limitless starts in our brains. It starts with somebody said something to us. You're not going to be good enough or a situation that happens where you feel this negative rejection and therefore you limit yourself by your own beliefs. I mean, you hear people talking about it, you know, preachers and pastors, but apart from that, like in life, if you can't get past that, you know what? Not everybody's going to like you. And even if they don't, so what? God bless them. Move on. Make the best of every situation and don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself by by your own negative interactions or your thoughts or just do it. Let's just get out there and be like, hey, what's up, hun? Let's just talk. Who cares? It really is about connecting. And I feel like if we could just get past that level of insecurity, the world in its entirety, so many people who have dreams to be where you are today would really be able to accomplish that. I mean, how important is it to be able to have that mindset? 
It's everything. It's like uh, playing football with no shoulder pads. Yeah, right. Oh, I like that analogy. We're playing football with no shoulder pads. Can't get in there. You can't yeah. do it. You got to have that protection. You got to have that that thing to help you push and to go. Man, I feel like this has been a great chit chat today. Yeah, we're flowing. Like, I'm always down. You let me know. You I'm are literally down. the best. You are literally the best. So one more question I have for you. Who is the one person you have not worked with yet that you want to work with? Oh, um, and I have a follow-up question. Sorry, man, that's always good. Uh, let's see who really like. Yo, Jennifer Lopez would be dope. We both from the Bronx. J Lo, J Lo. Yeah, some Jennifer Lopez. That would be really dope to be able to do. Okay, um, senora. senora. Yeah, now, nah, Boom, right there. Okay, so here's the deal. We are about to agree that when that deal gets signed, I'm the first person you call. Coming to the show. Deal? Deal? deal. Oh, and I'm coming deal. to the show. Okay. Deal. deal. Let's do a virtual deal. high five. One, two, three. Two, three. Ah. <laughs> We're there. Right? Yeah, we got it. Deal that deal. Okay, before I let you go, tell me about your dance studio. Tell me about your, your school that you have out there. Tell me okay. about what you're doing. I, right now, I, I still teach at the Millennium Dance Complex out in Studio City, still doing live stream classes. Uh, I personally myself teach classes on Zoom, you know, uh, being out here, uh, we'll do virtual conventions. Everything's now via virtual stuff. So I'll be doing virtual conventions and stuff with the dance school and doing all that and just keeping all my visuals going, putting out visuals because we're here at the screen. So I'm going to keep giving you more on the screen. I to love make it. Sure. I love it. I see that. I see your kids out there working. I think it's so, so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. So here's the deal. We're going to go ahead and say goodbye. But I want you to know what's super important to me is. This was another episode of Release Your Roar. Do you know someone who has a story to share? Connect with Crystal at becomingalioness.org. Send us love and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. This was Release Your Roar.